following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Welcome to Chat Chat, the people's sports talk radio show on WNRI, with your host, Bradley Shatraw. And we are back with the Shat Chat Radio Show here on WNRI. And the NFL, another wild weekend. I mean, we're getting down to the, the time where playoffs are going to be determined and, and wins and losses are magnified even more. Yesterday, the Patriots beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 50-10. to And there was also some other stuff going on around the NFL. I mean, we saw Kansas City lose to the Cincinnati Bengals in what was a shootout. They lost 34 to 31. A little outburst by Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, I shouldn't say little because it was quite big. Now the question remains about the Buccaneers, can they still make a Super Bowl run? And we saw the Cowboys also lose to the Arizona Cardinals 25 to 22. Packers won again. They should be in a clear spot to really take that number 1 overall seed in the NFC and be that number one team. So a lot of things going on. It's it's busy time in the NFL right now. Like I said, I mean, this is where we determine who's going to get into the playoffs and who is not. But like I said, let's start with the New England Patriots. And it was a much-needed get-right game for this Patriots team. They're, they were against a terrible opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that had the number one overall pick for a reason. They are probably still the worst team in the NFL, but they were last season, and that is why they got the number one pick to shoes trevor lawrence i mean it has not gone smoothly with trevor lawrence there let's uh, let's all call it what it is i mean trevor lawrence has not looked good in jacksonville and i'm not really sure if this is an accurate representation of who he is as a qb because he went to a really bad situation and it's been a mess all year i cannot put all these struggles on trevor lawrence he's a rookie quarterback that walked into a situation where we've seen just mayhem i mean urban meyer was the one that got hired for this job was expected to be a long-term solution for this team at that coach position and that just has not been the case. I mean, they started off really rough. Urban Meyer was was kind of getting a pass because at the end of the day, he was trying to really get a rebuild going here. But then it started to become apparent that he really wasn't meant for the NFL. I mean, obviously, the video that came out of him when he, they were in Cleveland, he did not take the team plane home because he felt like he wanted to hang back and hang out after a loss. And eventually, we we saw some reports that he kicked his kicker and told him to, to make his damn field goals. I mean, it's been a disaster in Jacksonville. They finally fired Urban Meyer, moved on from him. So he is no longer the head coach there. But firing your coach in season shows exactly how much of a mess it is in Jacksonville. But again... It was a much-need-to-get-right game for this team. Mac Jones was 22 for 30. He threw for 227 yards, had three touchdowns, and did not throw an interception. That is important because the last two games, he was turning the ball over. And while not all of them were his fault, he was still turning the ball over, and that was something that needed to stop, let's be honest. Now, the Patriots' offense did whatever they wanted to in this game, and there was really no pushback from the Jacksonville defense. We saw Damian Harris run for 35 yards. He had two touchdowns, did not 
not play most of the second half, maybe all of the second half. Not positive on that because Ramondre Stevenson then came in, ran for 107 yards, also had two touchdowns. So the running game for the Patriots yesterday, four total touchdowns. They had eight receivers, or I should say eight players, catch a pass. Christian Wilkins, well, Christian Wilkerson showed out. I mean, only had 42 yards, but he did have two touchdowns. Probably should have had a third on a deep ball that Mac Jones threw. I don't know where this kid came from. Seems like he came off the practice squad, but he should probably stick around because he was making some plays yesterday. Now, the Patriots defense also played really well, too. They had three interceptions. Another rough day for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it was really... A lot of it was on Trevor Lawrence, and, and that that's really the worrisome part is I'm not putting it all, like I said, I'm not putting all these Jacksonville struggles on, struggles on Trevor Lawrence, but man, he has not been perfect by any means. He did not look good yesterday, and as much as it was a beatdown, I'm sorry, but this win really didn't show me anything about this Patriots team because we already know that the Patriots beat up on bad teams. It's what they've consistently done all year. That's why I had to come out and say, listen, I was wrong in my take that they're an average football team because they make no mistake about it. When they play slightly below average to below average football teams, they don't just sneak by. They take care of business, and they did that again against the Jaguars. Now, this did clinch a playoff spot for the New England Patriots due to the Miami loss. And and that was another surprising thing as Miami was the first team in NFL history to lose seven straight games and then win seven straight games. I was hoping for them to get one more win against the Tennessee Titans yesterday and really put the pressure on, have to make New England win that final game in Miami. But now there is a lot of pressure taken off of this Sunday. I mean, it's still got playoff implications. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if if the Bills were to slip up against the Jets, which I highly doubt, but if that was to happen and the Patriots were to take care of business in Miami, they would then kind of shift some playoff seats here. They would get home field advantage. So there's definitely still some implications on that game, but it's not to just simply get into the playoffs. And that, that is kind of where all the pressure would have lied if The Miami Dolphins were able to get a win yesterday, but they were not. But my big question about this Patriots team that I was thinking about after the Jacksonville win, because like I said, I mean, it really didn't show me much. How far can this Patriots team go? And to me, I mean, it really all depends on who they draw. We'll have a better idea. I will have a better idea of that or, or a better opinion of that after this coming weekend. But if it ended today, they would play Buffalo at Orchard Park. They would be on the road. And they already won versus Buffalo once, and it also was at Orchard Park, but they have lost as well. And and we need to think about that win obviously comes down to really odd conditions and Buffalo's struggle to stop the run. But I mean, if that so here's the way I think of it. If the weather is going to be crappy in Buffalo in a potential playoff game, I would have to pick the Patriots because based off of what we've seen, They were able to take care of business in crazy weather. But if it's just normal weather, which is highly more likely, then I'm going to have to take the Buffalo Bills. And and I'm going to confidently take the Buffalo Bills in that scenario because I do think they are the better team. And I do think they showed in that game in Gillette two weeks ago that really they can make it happen when the elements aren't as severe. So... I would take Buffalo, but we also can't pretend like New England wouldn't have a chance in that game. But... I would take Buffalo, and I would, I would, that would mean one game, one, and that's it. 
That's it for the New England Patriots. Now, I could see them beating the Titans, Bengals, and the Chargers. I mean, they already have beaten the Chargers. They already have beaten the Titans. That Titans is is a little shaky because you look at the health of the Titans when they played the Patriots. It was not there. I mean, they were missing three wide receivers. They were missing two running backs. It was a disaster. So that is still a big question mark when it comes to what that matchup would look like when Tennessee's a little bit healthier. But as for the Bengals and the Chargers... I mean, the Bengals are made up of a lot of young players. I'll get to that in a little bit, a little further on that. But, I mean, Joe Burrow, a young quarterback like that, I would have to take the Patriots in that game just because of the experience of Bill Belichick. And obviously, he has a rookie quarterback as well. But the way in which his defense has played and his experience as a coach in a playoff game, still having some of that Patriots core there, I would take them over the Bengals. And like I said, they've already beat the Chargers, so I would take them over them as well. Now, Like I said, it's a maybe for Buffalo, but Indianapolis, I mean, when they played in the regular season, Indianapolis is the only team in a pretty long time that I've seen really out-patriot the Patriots. I mean, they made life very, very hard on Mac Jones. They were really able to get the run going in a game where that's exactly what New England knew they needed to stop or at least slow down. They were not able to do that. So it's highly doubtful that they would be either Buffalo or Indianapolis, but I really don't think this Patriots team would beat the Colts in a playoff scenario because of Jonathan Taylor and because of the fact that the Colts know they don't necessarily have to win through Carson Wentz versus the Patriots because Jonathan Taylor can take care of business against that Patriot defense, and he already showed us that. And I do not think they would beat the Kansas City Chiefs flat out. I think the Kansas City Chiefs have way too much talent. It would be in Kansas City. I just, I'm not buying it. I'm all in on the Chiefs this year. I think they're going back to the Super Bowl at the end of the day. I just don't think so. I mean, depending on who they draw, they could win a game, maybe two if the cards fell their way. But if it's Buffalo, Kansas City or Indianapolis, and they're done the first round. And I've already said, I don't think this team's winning the AFC. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl based off of what they showed in the games that were against good teams here. I mean, that and those games I consider to be that Colts game and that Bills game back-to-back. Now, that Bills win in the rough weather was impressive. Don't get me wrong. It was a big win. It showed that they can hang with the big dogs. But again, the weather did play a high kind of factor in that game and then when we saw without that kind of crazy weather buffalo took care of business in new england and that is also another important factor in all of this so if it's the bills like i said i think the bills win to me there's two super bowl caliber teams in the afc it's the buffalo bills and the kansas city chiefs and that's because of josh allen and patrick mahomes when you have the quarterback play the quarterbacks that you can rely on that to me is is Who's going to make a run to the Super Bowl? And based off of what Josh Allen showed against the Patriots in that game on the fourth downs, that incredible play where the Patriots played it perfectly and he just spun out of it and got a first down. I mean, it was almost six yards on that play. Those are the type of plays that show me this is a guy that can get his team to the Super Bowl. And Mac Jones just will not outplay, outplay those guys in my mind. But I will say... This season inevitably has shown one thing, and that is that New England's future is very, very bright. There's no guarantee that Mac Jones gets better, but I do think the talent around him will. And the reason I say that is because Bill Belichick for the past few years has avoided a wide receiver one, and it's been a long time now. 
And he went all in on tight ends this offseason, which I liked. Personally, before the season, I said, this is really good for the Patriots. I like the direction that it puts them in. And I like that they might be able to go back to kind of those two tight end sets, kind of what they did back in the day with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. But that just has not been the case. John Lou Smith hasn't been able to get comfortable. Hunter... Henry has been good in the red zone, but he hasn't necessarily had the consistency that you'd like to see from a guy who, I mean, last season was one of the better tight ends in the entire league. It's time for a wide receiver, and it couldn't be more clear. And how do you make life easier on a young quarterback? You put talent around him. That's why I think next season it's become very clear a priority this offseason has to be a number one wide receiver. And it feels like we've been saying that for years and years and years. But now that Bill Belichick knows he has the answer with this rookie quarterback moving forward, he's got to make life easier on him. And they've got a decent offensive line. They've got good tight ends. They've got a good running game. Even some young guys, Ramondre Stevenson, who, I mean, the sky's the limit there. Damian Harris is a legit running back one. At least right now, he's been able to produce in the situations they put him in, especially in the red zone. It seems like when they hand him the ball, he goes and gets a touchdown. But the one thing this team needs is a bona fide number one wide receiver, and that's going to make life better on Mac Jones, and I think it could make his ceiling higher. I think it could really take this team to the next level. They have the defense. Bill Belichick, it it worked when he spent the money on his defense. I think Matt Judon's been a good addition to that. But at the end of the day, right now, it has to be a number one wide receiver. I have a call that I will take right now. Welcome to Shat Chat. How you doing, Shat Jamal? Hey, Jamal. How you been? How you doing, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, I mean, both teams won. It's looking interesting for this final week of the season. What did you kind of think of what the Bills were able to do and maybe touch on the Patriots a little bit? Yeah. So the Bills was actually pretty pretty interesting because we were able to we were able to run the ball like pretty much at will. Um, you know, the game started off pretty good. Josh Allen was hot. He was on target. And then, um, you know, the, the Brett Farber stuff kind of started kind of happening. He, um, the one, the, I know the one, one, the one interception was tipped, but it was kind of a bad decision. Even if it wasn't tipped, I thought it would have been probably picked off anyways. Um, had another one, and there just looked to be some miscommunication between him and Beasley. Um, overthrow, picked off, and another one that just got tipped as well. Um, that's we kind of just stopped. We, we still, you know, were able to score some points early off those getting hot start, but we let Atlanta kind of climb back into it. But then we just stopped playing around. We just, we just kept running the ball just at will and kind of just forced Atlanta to stop us, and they really just couldn't stop us. Um, and so this is, again, like ever since the Tampa Bay game, this is now, what, the third, fourth straight game to where pass protection has been really great. And the run game has been really good besides New England where it was just serviceable. It was serviceable enough for them to, um, you know, not completely sell off for the pass. Um, you know, run, we were able to do whatever we wanted um, run-wise to Atlanta. And, you know, once that started going, they didn't really have many options to defend us. Um, New England-wise, um, again, they, they just opposed their will with Jacksonville. Um, you know, it was one thing to kind of, you know, just win big or whatever, but they put up like 50-something points on them. Absolutely dominating. And I'm sure they are very relieved. Their fans are very relieved. They're not in a must-win um, situation that Miami game's not going to matter too much. It's going to, you know, matter as far as seeding goes. They want to get the highest possible seed, so we'll see there. I still think Miami can win that game, but during the playoffs, won't matter. I'm sure that's a nice relief for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's It's got to be a relief seeing as though there could have been a lot of pressure there. You think about the history of, of that matchup. It's kind of been the house of horrors for the Patriots. So that would not have been ideal. But as for the Bills, I mean, yeah, it was a tough day throwing the ball for Josh Allen. I mean, you look at the three interceptions, but again, he was able to make things happen with his feet, like you said. I mean, even though Singletary had a good game running the ball, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, Josh Allen, again, was able to make stuff happen with his feet. And like you said, I felt like at some point in that game, it got a little too close and then all of a sudden, Buffalo just kind of stopped messing around, which was a bit strange. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, my opinion on Buffalo just has not changed. I think they are one of the two teams that I believe can win the AFC. I don't think the Patriots are in that class as of right now. But, I mean, you know, I talk about KC a little bit. What did you think of their loss to Cincinnati? Um, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of you know, sports um, you know, talk this morning before I got on the road here. Um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning more towards it. It told me a little more about the Chiefs' defense than it did in offense and Natty, in my opinion. I thought the Chiefs' defense was turning it to you know, kind of an elite unit, a unit you can kind of rely on. Um, it looks like, you know, I, uh, I gave them a little too much credit, you know. They did a lot of stuff first, you know. And I thought, you know, because of the Dallas game, I thought, okay, this is a, you know, a pretty elite team. What we know about Dallas now, maybe, you know, not so, not, uh, you know, a very good team. I want to consider, you know, elite, but really good. Um, but, you know, there's other teams, you know, like Herbert and Burrow, the other great quarterbacks, the other good teams. They, this, this hasn't been so good, you know. I think this is the first time letting up, you know, over, like, what, 340 yards since Josh Allen did it all the way back in October. Um, I think Herbert was pretty close to doing it. Now Joe Burrow is close to doing it. I don't think that's a surprise there because they're two, they're two very great quarterbacks right there. And so I just think the Chiefs' defense just is, did not make this great. You know, they they definitely made some improvements. They're not historically bad, but they're not as good as we may have all perceived. And that's going to be, you know, kind of an Achilles heel going to the playoffs here, um, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you said. I mean... I was even in the same boat looking at what Kansas City's defense was able to do while their offense was kind of just not looking right and Mahomes wasn't looking right. They went through a real rough patch there, and their defense was able to pick them up. I mean, they were winning based off of the way in which their defense was playing, but now all of a sudden it's kind of reverted back into these shootouts and the offense having to overcome some of what their defense is doing. I mean, that's what the past two weeks have been. It was a shootout against the L.A. Chargers. It's been a shootout against Cincinnati. And I agree with what you said about how it kind of shows us more about Kansas City's defense than it does really about Cincinnati. I mean, I think you have a little bit more confidence in the Bengals than I do. I'm kind of in the boat of their year away. I mean, they look really good this year. I view them kind of the same way I viewed the Cardinals last year, kind of being a legit contender maybe next season. But at the end of the day, I mean, it showed yet again that this Kansas City Chiefs, they, it was kind of fraudulent, this defense. And like you said, it's going to make it much harder now in the playoffs to win because of the fact that they can't rely on this defense like they originally thought maybe they could have. Yeah, because it would be interesting, too, when i able to kind of break this game down and watch the film of this game to see what they did defensively, because I believe they held Kansas City to a field goal in the second half or almost like a field goal or a touchdown, something like that, some crazy number. Uh, the defense really, the Bengals defense really stepped up in the second half. Um, you know, and if they could do that, I mean, they got to be they got to be in contention for, you know, maybe winning the AFC here. I still think it runs through Mahomes and Allen as well, but I do have a little bit more faith in you. The fact that they're able to hold him to just a, like a field goal or a touchdown, whatever that number was, is very impressive in my opinion. I look at the Chiefs are just having their way while I get the ticker at the bottom of the screen on Sunday. And, you know, that that's very impressive. So I, I definitely want to see what they did defensively, what they were able to do to kind of, um, you know, throw them off. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, the way in which they played in the second half is really the reason that they were able to come out top 
come out on top in that game. But, I mean, it's, it's just I don't really believe in that defense to consistently show up like that. I mean, obviously, they let up a ton of points in that first half, so they had to really play very well in that second half to kind of stick around in that game. But at the end of the day, it's to me, it's like a young quarterback, young receivers, a really young team, young coach. I just think when they come up against a team that has some more established guys that have been there and done that, it's going to be really tough for them to to be able to overcome that and, and beat those type of guys. I mean, I, I do value experience. Yeah, I think that's valid, but I mean, um, against who, though? Like Kansas City and Buffalo? I mean, like, sure, but like who, like who necessarily else in the AFC? Like Carson Wentz and them, I don't think their experience is necessarily that great. Um, and then you look at the rest of the wild card teams, what, like it's Herbert or whatever, or um, yeah. the Raiders or something. No, I, I think, think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's really daunting. More what I'm saying is just that at the end of the day, like the big dogs, I'm not considering the Bengals as legit contenders. But, I mean, maybe make an unprecedented run to the AFC Championship because of the teams around them. That's fair. I think just my point at the end of the day is I, I would pick Kansas City. I would pick Buffalo over them if it came down to it. Yeah, I agree with you. I would pick those teams as well. So, I mean, when you look at the NFC, I mean, all right, let's start with Antonio Brown. What are, what's your view on the Buccaneers and, and what happened yesterday with A.B.? Look, uh, you know, I know I've been kind of, um, I guess, somewhat of an A.B. defender and whatnot. I guess I'm going to kind of do it again here. Um, you know, I don't agree with his outbursts. It did look kind of uh, childish, but, I mean, but what I saw, they were saying, um, he was saying, or he's even confirmed by what, Ian Rappaport, that they were trying to make him go in the game. He was hurt. And Bruce Arians just told him to go. Um, now, I don't, I've, if, if, they, if they be said he was hurt, I mean, he had to practice all week, and you know, he's saying he's hurt. I, I mean, I have every right to believe that. I would have to think, you know, given his history of being at least on the football field as a hard worker, and he's going to give it his all on the football field, and you know, nothing's going to you know interrupt him from getting hit. And he, he's proven that over his career. I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt as far as on the football field product. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I'm kind of looking at B.A., you know, who's, who's lying here, who, who, what's, what's the real story about. Because if he's saying he's hurt, he didn't practice all week, and he was activated late Saturday or whatever to play in the game, and now you're saying, you know, get off the team, it was just, it was just, just, just because of the COVID stuff or whatever, or, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure. So... Yeah, no, I would have to agree with you in the fact that it's really a, a he said, he said kind of situation right here. It, it's who do you believe, and, and I mean... It's hard to, like you said, it's hard to not think that if a player says he's injured, that he is injured. I'm not sure if Bruce Arians interpreted it wrong or, or what happened there, but it was a very strange scene. And my question now is, do you think it affects or kind of changes your opinion on if the Buccaneers can still make a run to the Super Bowl? Yeah, they're definitely not the locks. You know, they, they definitely weren't the locks. I thought they were a couple of year, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it gets a little more challenging now. I'd still say that right up there with Green Bay, you know, as far as, you know, who's going to get out the get out the, um, get out the NFC here. Um, you know, they still got a lot of talent around them. They still got three great tight ends. They're going to get a healthier Mike Evans. Um, Chris Godwell's not going to come back. Um, you know, we'll see what's – he hasn't been officially released yet. You know, who, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, I think it's safe to say he's probably not going to play, but, you know, oh, the door is still open, so who knows. Um, they still got enough talent. They still got Tom Brady. They still got plenty – they got plenty of reason to still be in this thing. And I think they could still make a. I think I'm pretty sure their NFC Championship locks, in my opinion, to, even with the roster they have right now. I would still say I bet on them making an NFC Championship game. 
No, I mean, I hear you. And especially when you have Tom Brady at the helm, a guy who, I mean, even in that game was able to make a comeback after the Antonio Brown situation. And moving forward, I mean, it's like it's, it's not like he doesn't have any talent at all. Like you said, he's still going to have Mike Evans out there. And some of the guys that have kind of stepped in here with Chris Godwin's absence have been decent because Tom Brady's one of those guys that if you run to the right spot, he's going to get you the ball exactly where you want it. So that's kind of the thing where some of these guys are not interchangeable, but I mean, Brady can still elevate their play. Let's put it that way. And he can, he can lift this team to a Super Bowl run. But I mean, right now it's starting to really become clear cut that the Packers are the favorites here in the NFC. I mean, I know a couple of weeks ago I was saying, you know, I was a little iffy on the defense and such, but I mean, they continue to look very, very good. Aaron Rodgers looks comfortable and I mean, yeah, it wasn't the greatest opponent in the Vikings, but you'd have to say they're the clear-cut favorite in the NFC, no? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're the favorite, probably the clear-cut favorites, too. Again, the only reason I'm wearing, the only reason I'm going to probably not my Super Bowl pick right now is just um, the postseason play of Aaron Rodgers, the postseason play, you know, how this team just shows up um, in the postseason, especially, you know, if, it, if it's going to be against Tom Brady. Really, I would probably say that. I, I think they would show up probably versus any other NFC, any, any other NFC team if it was for the championship game. I'd probably say they beat them. But if it's the rematch in the NFC Championship game again, I'd have to probably, I'd probably still go and break it. I'd be afraid to, you know, bet on Rodgers. I'd be afraid to, you know, call him the favorites or whatnot just because of the history they show me um, when it comes, you know, when it comes time to make those plays and when it comes time to, you know, like just make a great game plan, you know, just, you know, they, 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 just, they just haven't been that team. He hasn't been that, he hasn't been that, um, you know, that guy throughout his career. I believe he's won in four NFC Championship games. And that's really the only reason I'm, you know, kind of down the Packers. They're a very good team, very good offense. Um, you know, despite you know it's Devontae Adams, a bunch of other clogs I say around him, but um, I think Rodgers really does elevate you know the other people around him pretty pretty well. They're pretty reliable. Um, it just you know we'll see what happens if they if they face them again for another for a third time. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I mean, especially since last uh, last year, I mean, they were able to get, that defense was able to get some takeaways against Brady. They weren't necessarily able to capitalize on it and come out with the win in that game. There were some situations where Rodgers, you know, he could have maybe ran for a touchdown in that scenario. I mean, I remember last year's game like it was yesterday just because I, I was all in. I, I wanted to see Aaron Rodgers finally get that moment, and he just was not able to do that. So I, I, I think that's very fair. And at the end of the day, it's it's hard to pick against Brady on the biggest stages because we've just seen it time and time again. All right, so I got to finish with what were your thoughts on Cowboys versus Cardinals, and, and you know what did it tell you? Um, I think because I've, I've been watching, I've been watching Cowboys game all season. Um, I you know I don't, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I like Dak, I like the Cowboys. I, thought, I just want them to succeed, and everyone hates on them. So I just want them to succeed. So I watched quite a few of their games. Um, and I, I just can't, I can't deny this conclusion, man. I don't think Dak is not worthy of that money, and Dak is not um, an elite quarterback. Um, and I don't think he will be. This is what his fourth, fifth year in the league, and it's, as these are just clear cut facts, in my opinion, right now. I think he's still a very good quarterback, but I think he's in that Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins quarterback to where they could be very good, but not consistently elite, not, you know, consistently a good playmaker, not like, you know, a playmaker like a Josh Allen or Lamar or Mahomes. Uh, and I think that kind of has to do with the injury, too. You know, I don't think he's moving the same ever since the ankle injury as far as mobility goes. But, um, you know, I just don't think he's that, that type of quarterback. I think that's really what um, the problem is. You know, they couldn't really run the ball all too well yesterday. They had to kind of pass the ball or whatever. Um, I'm not sure what's kind of going on with Kellen Moore. That stuff seems like it's getting a little a, a tad uncreative. Um, you know, I didn't think they didn't take too many, um, you know, shots downfield enough for me um, yesterday as well. Um, but it's really, you know, kind of just back, you know, just not, um, you know, 
just not being good, in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, I think it's fair what you're saying about Dak not putting him on that upper echelon because at the end of the day, it comes down to consistency, and he just has not had that this season. I mean, he was great out of the gate, but then we've seen some people kind of call it a slump, but at the end of the day, it's way it's been way too consistent for about a month and a half now outside of a couple games where he just has been underwhelming. So I actually really like the Matt Stafford comparison because the highs are highs, but the lows are lows, and that's really what we've seen with Dak, and it's tough to justify the money that he was given because those are the type of guys that are supposed to elevate the people around them they're supposed to show up on a consistent basis and that's really just not what he's been able to do and another thing like you mentioned with the run game that's really starting to become a problem is i mean everybody points to zeke everybody points to tony pollard you know they got to be better but at the end of the day it's the blocking up front just is not there at times. I mean, Zeke gets the ball and he's got nowhere to go. And I think that is a major issue at the moment because for a long time it was all about how the offensive line could block anything and they could open up any hole. And that's why these running backs could walk right in and be successful with the Cowboys. But at the moment, I think the blocking up front has been less than ideal because like I said, I mean, Zeke gets the ball, and there are times where he just simply has nowhere to go, and then you've got to go pass heavy, and we've seen that Dak's just not necessarily a guy that's going to consistently show up enough for you to go pass heavy week in and week out, and for lack of a better term, they really haven't beat a lot of good teams, so it's really tough to look at the Cowboys like a team that can hang with the Packers, Buccaneers right now in the NFC, even teams like the Rams and the Cardinals. Now, I do think the Cardinals were a bad matchup because I, I mean, there were times where the Cowboys were able to really get good coverage down the field, but Kyler would just take off for the first down. There's really no guarding that. So it's a tough matchup-wise. I do like the defense against a more non-mobile quarterback. But again, it's going to come down to the play of the offense, which has not been consistent all year. I thought the defense was good enough to win. Um, I get, yeah, probably a bad matchup-wise. Um, starts coverage-wise, number, uh, number two and number 30 is on my Cowboys. Um, getting a little bit of exposed. But they were good enough. I mean, the front four is, is still very good. Um, again, it's just the, the, just the offense is not being like 22 points. It's not, it's not acceptable, um, you know. And, you know, if you're not going to be able to run the, run the ball that great, I'll get to that in quite a second. You know, kind of need a quarterback, you know, that's going to be able to kind of elevate that and put that on his back. And Dak, he isn't that guy. Um, but the, the run game is really weird, too, because you guys were able to run the ball pretty effective. Like, they're a great pass. They're still a good pass for protecting the line, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and they were able to run, you know, pretty rain in the year, but now that's kind of, you know, falling off. And I know from what people say in football, you know, running, running the ball, you know, sort of like it's an attitude or whatever. That's starting the training camp or whatever. And they were able to run the ball pretty successfully last year, so I, don't, I really don't know what's, what's going on with the blocking there because just they're a great pass pass protecting line. I'm um, not too sure why they can't get any push in the run game. That's really weird. They're going to break that down the film too much, but I don't know how much you could break that break that down other than just not getting good enough push. No, I mean, I agree with the fact of what you're saying about, you know, pass protection. They've continued to be good for Dak. I think another thing about kind of Dak right now is he was decent with with his feet, with his mobility before this injury. And now all of a sudden, I mean, he is not comfortable outside the pocket. There are times where he does take off and, and he's got some room and, and he goes right out of bounds. But that kind of aspect of his game that was there before the injury isn't really there anymore. We saw him try to do too much uh, yesterday with that fumble. I mean, he was trying to, you know, dip and dive guys and that's just not who he is I mean he had that mobility aspect but now that it's gone he's got to be a much better passer he's got to be more accurate passer and the consistency like I said I always come back to this just is not there yeah you know which is fine you know if your mobility like it's, it's okay that your mobility is gone like you still got a very good arm or whatnot but it, it does matter too when you can't you know play making you know either with your brain as far as an audible lane and getting yourself out of bad play and knowing you know 
ready to go into coverage and getting yourself into a good player or whatever or audible into that run game. And then, you know, that's when it kind of becomes a problem because, you know, the probably, you know, the always the quarterback, you know, it's not there. I'm going to just take off and go. That's kind of what these other quarterbacks are kind of going to get away with as far as Mahomes and Allen and, um, and Lamar, as good as they are with, you know, switching the play or whatever. They can they do have the luxury of taking off and go. Dak does not really have that anymore. Um, and so he has to be more of that, um, more Brady-esque and more Rodgers-esque. And he can't do that either as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned as right now. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. He, th- that's just not the level of passer that he's at. And, and w- without that other aspect of his game, it becomes a lot tougher to kind of play make and, and, and be that level of a quarterback. Now, what are your opinions on where the Rams are at? Have you kind of come back around on them? Because originally you were, but then I think both of us kind of steered back after we saw kind of the struggles they went through when they first acquired Von Miller, OBJ. But all of a sudden, they're, they're starting to look pretty good. They were able to come out with a 2019 victory yesterday. Do you view them as kind of bigger contenders than you did two weeks ago? Um, no. Again, like I just compared Dak. I'm gonna, like I just compared Matt Stafford to, Brett, uh, to Dak, so I'll be unfair if I didn't go in on him as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really believe in him either. He has what your career playoff wins is all. Uh, it's concerning. You know, his play has been very inconsistent coming down the stretch of the season too. Um, and so that's very concerning. The offense looks to be getting a little kind of figured out, so that's kind of concerning. Um, you know, usually he, you could they could probably hang their hand on defense a little bit too. But you know, if they went to Green Bay, uh, you know, for what, a second time or what, how many other times this is in the last couple of years, I have no reason to believe Aaron Rodgers won't blow them out again. Um, We'll see what they can do versus Ray. They have they've been a pretty bad matchup for the for the Bucks for you know the past couple of years. But you know we'll see. But they had to go probably what on the on the road on the road to the to the Buccaneers. I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, as of right now, they'd be on the road versus the Buccaneers. Yeah, but they're about to win their division. I I have to say pretty sure, right or, or no? Are they close to winning that division? Who the Rams? Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're still they're still a game ahead of the Cardinals. So I mean they take care of business next week. They win their division. Oh, but they still be the four seed, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they had to go on the roads. I wouldn't give them too much, too much of you know um, faith there as well. Um, again, it just comes down really to me my faith in um, Matt Stafford and my faith in McVay, and I really don't believe in both of those to overcome Brady or Rodgers. I hear you. I hear you. So I mean, hey, I appreciate the call, Jamal. Another great one, and I look forward to talking next week. Yeah, man. Have a great week. Have a good one. All righty, I will go to break and be right. Time to pay a few bills, so hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatraw on WNRI. If you live in North Smithfield, Woonsocket, or Barville and need a landscaper for this summer, Nick Dybala and 3D Lawn Care can take care of all your needs. 3D is known for their quality lawn care and specializes in hardscaping work as well. Call Nick to schedule a quote at 401-692-1631. Let them take care of your landscaping needs so you have more time to do what you enjoy. Recent studies show germs are transmitted at self-service gas pumps. Don't put yourself at risk. Come to Murphy's Full-Service Gas, where gasoline is pumped for you while you remain in the comfort of your car. At Murphy's, you pay the same low price whether you pay cash or credit. And free air for your tires for all our customers. Just look for the big green Murphy's sign on Social Street near the Diamond Hill Road intersection. 
Jacob Rollins Sons Construction is a family-owned business that does many type of masonry work at your home, business, or property. From chimneys, fireplaces, brick steps, block work, outdoor kitchens, veneer work, and other applications, they take care of whatever you need done and are known for their craftsmanship and the quality of their product. So give Tony a call at 401-744-4864 and see why more customers trust Jacob Rollins Sons Construction. And we are back with the Shat Shat Radio Show here on WNRI. Just had another great call with Jamal. Always a pleasure when he calls in. I mean, the knowledge is insane. We've got 401-766-1380 or 401-769-0600. Call in. Let me know what you think about the Patriots. If you consider them to be Super Bowl contenders, I would love to hear the opinions. Now, talked a little bit with Jamal about Kansas City and the Cincinnati Bengals. And what that game showed me is Joe Burrow, I mean, he continues to show out and show up. Uh, really impressive what he's been able to do the past couple of weeks. But like he said and like I reiterated, it really showed more about Kansas City and, and where their defense is at moving forward here than it did about necessarily the Bengals and, and their Super Bowl aspirations. Now, Joe Burrow's for real. I mean, I don't think anyone is going to tell you that he's not. But it's just tough for me to buy into Cincinnati due to their defense. Now, I know they did a good job in that second half versus Kansas City. But overall, this season, they haven't really been that great. And the fact that they are so young, I mean, they're set up for the future. Do not get me wrong. But right now, it's tough for me to view all these young players and Joe Burrow and the young coach making that run to a Super Bowl, going through the AFC, being able to beat teams that are, you know, have some experience like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen. It's it's just I don't think they match up against those teams yet, but I do think they're close. I mean, I think that. Like I said, I view them the same way that I viewed the Cardinals last year. They're a year away from true contention. They're showing some signs that they're coming and they are going to be a tough team in the future. But I just don't buy it this particular season. Now, the Chiefs offense was explosive again. But now all of a sudden we're starting to see that defense come down to earth. And it begs the question, can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl with this defense? I'm not so sure anymore. I mean, you asked me two or three weeks ago, I would have said absolutely because they've really stepped up in this time that the offense was struggling. I mean, there was a month, month and a half period there where Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense did not look right. And they just it was unexplainable. We we couldn't really figure out what was wrong over there in Kansas City. But. Now, all of a sudden, when the offense rolls around and the offense starts getting explosive and Patrick Mahomes looks like Mahomes again, and then you have Tyreek Hill really getting involved as well. Travis Kelsey was really involved in that L.A. game. All of a sudden, this defense comes back down to earth. And that's really been the story of Kansas City over the last couple of years. I mean, outside of their defense being able to step up last season in the the playoffs for a little while, at the end of the day, it's always been, can this offense overcome a defense that is less than ideal, a defense that's kind of average to below average at best. And that's going to be another question that's going to have to be answered this season. But the interesting part about the fact that their defense is struggling like this 
is that Buffalo's defense is pretty darn good. And I don't think they got enough credit because I think a lot of people in the New England area saw that game in the weird weather and saw the Patriots able to run the ball when they wanted to at will. But Buffalo has a much better defense than Kansas City does. And I think, obviously, Josh Allen is a guy that's able to really play make with his feet, and he's got a big arm, and he's been able to show that. It wasn't his best week last weekend, but he did have another good day on the ground being able to make plays happen with his feet. Starting to wonder... Are the Bills going to beat the Chiefs and make it to the Super Bowl? Because for a while, when the Chiefs were struggling, I said, it looks like the Bills are going to be the favorites here. But then, you know, the Chiefs come around and their offense gets explosive again. And me, I'm looking and saying, well, Kansas City's back. And I've said since day one that they're going to make a run to the Super Bowl. But now I'm starting to wonder. Buffalo's defense is better. I mean... Their offense can be very explosive. It's had some weeks where it wasn't, but for the most part, it can be pretty explosive. Josh Allen can elevate the guys around him. We saw that with Isaiah McKenzie in the Patriots game. He had two guys that were down because of this COVID situation. He was able to overcome that, and the offense was it looked great. I mean, it almost looked like McKenzie had been there all year, and that's kind of – or he – in that position all year, I should say, or, or kind of that number one wide receiver, what he looked like on that day. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is that team's number one wide receiver, but McKenzie was really good in that game, and I thought it was kind of showing where Josh Allen is at. He continues to grow. He continues to become a better quarterback, and now the only really thing he needs to check off the list here is winning the AFC. I think that it's become very clear I I shouldn't say very clear but because the AFC is a little weird this year and and we could see some teams lose some unprecedented games but to me I think that it's going to be Buffalo versus Kansas City in that AFC championship game but last year I was adamant about the Chiefs winning that game I, I was sure that Kansas City was going into that game and they were going to win but I don't feel that way anymore because of the respect and kind of the way I view the Bills I think the Bills could beat the Chiefs, especially with their defense floundering like this. I, you know, it, it's one of those things where because of the struggles of the defense and because we've seen this Kansas City offense not look themselves this season more times than not, at least over the last two months, it's tough to not assume that Buffalo has a much better chance this season to to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and make their Super Bowl that they've you know so desperately want to make than they did last year. And that's where I feel that's where I'm at with the Kansas City Chiefs. I still view them as a team that's going to make the AFC Championship. I still view them as a team that could absolutely go to the Super Bowl, but I'm not sure like I was last season. I'm not all in on the Chiefs making the Super Bowl anymore. Because I think Buffalo is a really good team, and I think this could be their year to make a run to the Super Bowl. And like I said about this, this Cincy game, it didn't change you know, how I view the Bengals. And at the same time, it really didn't change how I view Kansas City because I still think they're one of the top dogs in the AFC. But I do think it showed they're not a lock. They're not the team that I'm going to go all in and say, listen... This is the team that's winning the AFC because Buffalo's right there. And I'm starting to think it might be their year to go to the Super Bowl. Time to pay a few bills. So hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatra on WNRI.
It's springtime, the right time to get an upgrade to your home, or how about that addition you've wanted? Print Construction can help, and all you need to do is call Scott Quinn at 401-996-3038 to set up an appointment to get the process started. Scott owns the small company manned by him and his son. They'll take care of any carpentry or construction needs you have, taking the utmost care and thoughtful professionalism to any project at a reasonable pricing to ensure your complete satisfaction. Call Scott Quinn this week at 401-996-3038 at Quinn Construction. Do you need a scratch or dent taken out of the body of your car? Visit Cody Auto Body in North Smithfield. It is located right next to Little General at 716 St. Paul Street and with their state-of-the-art equipment and DuPont paints, owner Mike Cody will take care of all your needs. Give them a call today at 401-762-2883 or go in and talk to Mike directly. He has taken care of my car for years and I've never once been disappointed. You can visit their page on Yelp to get more information. Recent studies show germs are transmitted at self-service gas pumps. Don't put yourself at risk. Come to Murphy's Full Service Gas, where gasoline is pumped for you while you remain in the comfort of your car. At Murphy's, you pay the same low price whether you pay cash or credit. And free air for your tires for all our customers. Just look for the big green Murphy's sign on Social Street near the Diamond Hill Road intersection. And we are back with the Chat Chat Radio Show here on WNRI. Now, I want to move on to the Bucks real quick just because I think what Jamal said is important here. Now, I was aware of the fact that Antonio Brown had said that he, he was injured, but I wasn't sure, you know, the validity of that. And apparently, Jamal says that there is a source out there, a reliable source, that has said he was injured in that game. And Bruce Arians told him, well, all right, then we'll, then it's time to go because he wanted him in that game. Now, it's really a he said, he said situation here, and it's tough to believe, you know, who's telling the truth. Or it's tough to decipher who's telling the truth. But at the end of the day, what Antonio Brown did was just unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen anything like that on a football field in my life. I, I really couldn't believe what I was watching because you see some stuff like that in high school and middle school where, you know, just, just some kids that can't control their anger and, and they lose it. But I've never seen that on an NFL field. And it, it really was, you know, something that took kind of took me back or, or, or you know, I, was, I was taken aback, I should say. But the real point here is. This makes life much harder on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now because when you looked at it on the surface and you looked at the Chris Godwin injury, it was like, man, that's a tough one. It really is. That's a tough injury to sustain and kind of keep moving forward and make a run to the Super Bowl because that really has been Tom Brady's guy on third down. He's been probably the most consistently used wide receiver. I'm not sure if the numbers would back that up, but I'm pretty sure they would. And then it's like, well, they have a flurry of talent here. So Antonio Brown can kind of step into that role and he can be the reliable guy, the guy that Brady can trust in those situations that he needs somebody to go to that he knows is going to be in the right spot. And that would have been Antonio Brown. And he would have been able to step right in there and nobody could say, you know, they still have an an insane amount of talent. But now the issue is that talent's taken away. Now you truly don't have Chris Godwin. You don't have an Antonio Brown that's going to step into that role. 
So now it's going to have to be a heavy use of guys like Mike Evans and a heavy use of Rob Gronkowski and some guys like Tyler Johnson or maybe Scotty Miller or Rashad Perriman. I don't know. Somebody's going to have to step up. But I think because of Tom Brady, they can. Tom Brady's a guy who elevates the guys around him because, like I said to Jamal, if you're in the right spot at the right time, he's going to give you the ball exactly where you want it for the most part. It's really what he's made a living off of. That's why he's won so many Super Bowls. He's reliable. But I will say, they are no longer this invincible lock for the NFC. I have viewed them since day one as the NFC champions. I haven't even considered anything inside my head besides the Bucks going back to the Super Bowl and seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I said it since the time the Super Bowl ended last year. I said it's going to be a Super Bowl rematch. And now I sit here today, one week left in the regular season, and I could not be more unsure of that prediction that was made after last year's Super Bowl. All of a sudden, the Buccaneers are not a mess, but there's some chaos over there, no doubt. There is absolutely some locker room chaos, and there is some chaos on the field. Now, Tom Brady was able to make the comeback against the Jets without Antonio Brown, despite all of this happening and kind of this mayhem. He was able to zone in. I mean, that two-minute drill that he went through looks like the easiest two-minute drill I have ever seen. It's truly why he is the greatest of all time. But I must say, this is a tough task for him. And the reason I say that is because at the worst possible time, there is drama. At the worst possible time, they are not healthy. We're going to really see. Can Brady continue this unbelievable career that he's had? Can he elevate the guys around him and somehow, some way, like he always does, end up back in the Super Bowl? I don't know, but I'm very excited to watch. All right. We've got less than seven minutes left here. I want to move on to the Boston Red Sox. It's been a little while since I've talked about them. And the reason I want to talk about them is because I think there are some interesting questions that remains with this team after the moves that they made right before they went into this lockout. I'm going to say it right now. I am very concerned about this Major League Baseball lockout. The reason I'm concerned about it is because we have not heard anything out of either side. That makes me think that nobody has really talked. There has been absolutely no progress made. And they're playing with fire because now it's looking like maybe this goes into spring training and these guys are going to miss some of that prep time. It's it's very less than ideal. I think the players have always had something against Rob Manford here. I think he is not a guy that is going to make this go smoothly at all. I think there's really going to be a feud here. I think in January, or I, I should say February, I meant to say next month, is really when we're going to start to hear some of this back and forth and see where the players are at, see where the league is at. But I'm concerned about the beginning of this season because I don't want a shortened season, but it doesn't look like there's any progress being made, so I am concerned. But back to the Red Sox, I think they have three major needs when they come out of this lockout. Number one, they need a right fielder. I've made it very clear I want Kyle Schwarber back. I think he makes total sense for the Red Sox moving forward despite the fact that defensively there would be a lot of questions remaining this particularly upcoming season with Kyle Schwarber. It'd be tough to kind of move him around and and have the best defensive alignment out there. But, I mean, their best defensive alignment was, for lack of a better term, with him at first base last year. I mean, let's, that's really what it was. And, and he's only going to get better at that position if they continue to kind of 
push that and, and make him a first baseman. But at the end of the day, he is an outfielder. So he could fill your need for a right fielder. And then the minute that J.D. Martinez walks out of the door, he slides in as the designated hitter for this team. And boom, for the next four or five or three, four years, you have your designated hitter. There's reports out there that Miami is interested. I'm sure there are a ton of teams that are interested in Kyle Schwarber because he puts up great at-bats and he changed the dynamic of this Red Sox lineup when he was traded to Boston. One of Haim Bloom's best moves, if not his best move since he's been here with the Red Sox. I would like to see him back in a Red Sox uniform. But there is also an option in Saya Suzuki overseas. He has really torn it up in Japan. He's been a great player over there. He has shown some real flashes in the field. He's had some real sustained success at the plate. I think that that would make a lot of sense for this team to do that as well, especially with High and Bloom coming out and saying, listen, it might make more sense for us to go after a right-handed bat now because of the acquisition of Jackie Bradley Jr. That's another left-handed bat. I'm not sure, but Saya Suzuki does hit from the right side of the plate. The only question is... There are reports that he has said he would like to go somewhere warm, and that is not Boston. So that definitely would take him out of the running. I'm not sure how bullish he is on that kind of request, but we will have to see. I think he would fit in very well with this team, and I would be excited if they were able to get their hands on a guy like that because he's not going to be as expensive as a lot of these other guys on the market would be. And I really think he could fit in well with the team that's currently constructed in Boston. And I'm sure he has some versatility and he can play multiple positions so they could mess around with that as well. Now, number two, they have to beef up the bullpen. I know my dad's out there listening to this like, yes, yes, they do. Because the bullpen just was not good for the Red Sox this season. It was a consistent problem. And that's why I think guys like Rich Hill and some of kind of these borderline starters that they've brought in here could help in the bullpen because, you know, you Nowadays, you don't have to use a starter necessarily as a starter. They're they're much more uh, kind of okay with going to the bullpen in the later parts of their career. So that'll be interesting to see if that's kind of what these acquisitions right before the dead are right before the lockout were. It kind of guys like Rich Hill and those guys are going to go in the bullpen. But a legit starter is going to be important as well as number three need for this team. A legit starter. I mean, and yeah, you can maybe justify Chris Sale as your ace, it's going to be tough because at the end of the day, we saw him struggle to kind of get back to form at the end of the season, but he's going to have a full off season, going to have a, a a full season leading up to this year, and he's finally healthy. He's not necessarily rehabbing his way into the season, so that could unlock the real kind of ace Chris Sale getting back into this rotation, which would be huge because they need that number one guy. Nathan Eovaldi will be there as well. So they need a guy that's going to fit right into the middle of this rotation. Whether that's a right-handed pitcher, whether that's a left-handed pitcher, I'm not necessarily as I kind of I'm not really sure of the word. I should say bullish. I guess I, again, I'm not as bullish on them bringing in a left-hander because. They can replace Erod's production with a right-hander and also find their way into having a lefty in this rotation at some point. My main thing is I just don't want the Red Sox to head into this season with four righties, one lefty. You got to mix it up here. You got to be able to to get guys on both sides of the uh, both sides of the mound. I should say that kind of present some challenges to the opposing team in a three-game series. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It was a good one. And really, 
my main takeaway from that Jacksonville win yesterday for the Patriots was it didn't teach me anything because they've beaten up on bad teams all year. I'll see you next week. You've just experienced the newest trend in radio sports talk, Chat Chat with Bradley Shatroa. Tell your friends and fellow sports fans to tune in next Monday evening at 7 p.m. for the reason you listen to local radio. This is WNRI, Woonsocket.